independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Chad is back on Monday. A bunch of stuff I feel like to talk about out there in the world. But no story feels bigger to me than the thing that broke yesterday and is getting talked about almost nowhere. And that's the audio from Project Veritas. And it's, it's interesting to me for a couple reasons. And you might have heard of it. You might not have. I, I assume most people have at least somewhat heard of this story, but I don't know. It's not getting reported a lot of places. Uh, so Project Veritas got a, a researcher, I think a director of research from Pfizer on camera, uh, saying stuff about how they are contemplating, if not just full on doing, a lot of research into the virus by manipulating it to get ahead of any sort of mutations that could occur uh, to create vaccines to defeat those non-existent mutations. That's what the guy's saying in the video. Now, I will throw the caveat out there, the disclaimer that Project Veritas at times has put things out there that people have questioned, and inevitably the people who said stuff uh, wound up claiming that they were totally lying about the thing they said in the first place. It, essentially, it's, it's very hard to definitively prove that the things these people are saying are in fact true, which sounds kind of crazy because we have them on camera saying them, but that's inevitably the defense. And sure, anyone that believes that every time there's a cover-up going on, I will say that's the most obvious defense a company can come up with is like, that guy's lying. The rest of us would never do that. Uh, that's what happens when whistleblowers get pushed out to pasture. Uh, at the same time, though, um, of wondering and questioning those sort of things, because it is the most likely defense, uh, there's a reason to think some of it is potentially true. Now, here's a couple parts of it. First, in case you haven't heard it from yesterday, I can play, I guess, uh, a couple of the more significant segments. Uh, just at the very beginning of the audio that Veritas put out, uh, the individual is saying uh, exactly what I'm saying uh, in his own words. I think his name is Jordan Walker, uh, by the way, a director, a research director at Pfizer. Um, so, yeah, uh, when you hear these statements, and some people even pointed out that some of this is actually a kind of already public through other um, disclosures and things that are out there, not exactly the totality of it. Uh, but I think fear is the right response to the audio that went viral yesterday. As an example, here we go. Let's play a little. Don't tell anyone this story. You probably should tell You probably should tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can actively develop new vaccines, right? Yeah, why don't we do that? That sounds good. Continue, sir. So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you can imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutated. Viruses. Be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like you know goes everywhere. Something. Right. So that's terrifying. That's the first part. Now there's a second little clip I want to play because of something else that happened yesterday. A little bit later on, uh, this is another moment in the conversation. The guy has a pretty unique laugh. I will say that. Uh, but he's also just joking again, being very ca cavalier about the fact that. Um, he might very well be part of a company that is doing all the things we were terrified that they were doing even in China uh, just a couple of years ago to create this thing. For, for all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. <laughs> I do like his laugh again. It's bad. He's just laughing as he's going and chatting about this sort of thing. Now, he was confronted uh, later on yesterday uh, by, I think, another person at Project Veritas. Uh, they asked him if the stuff he was saying is true. And here's why I wanted to bring this story up or talk about this in the show today. I'm amazed at the response the individual gives to obviously probably at this point already being a viral person, 
I imagine that you're already aware that that first thing is is been made public, that you were secretly recorded, et cetera, et cetera. And so then you have a second confrontation, uh, more cameras, this time not really hidden uh, out there so you can see them within seconds of someone sitting down to talk to you. And your response is to get very, very mad, uh, turn into a quote-unquote Karen, as we say, uh, Karen, as we say in society, but also just sort of proudly uh, say again and again, I'm a liar. I was making stuff up. Here, hold on one second. Got to make sure that this audio actually plays. And here we go. Is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? I'm literally a liar. (laughs) I was trying to impress a person on a date by lying. This is absurd. Okay, I'm going to play more of this audio because I am fascinated by it. But I don't know why this would impress a person on a date. That's another thing that confuses me tremendously. If you went on uh, some sort of uh, date with someone who worked at a pharmaceutical company like a Pfizer, and they started bragging about how they're doing something that's inherently dangerous to all of society, I don't think that impresses anyone. I don't think anyone's like, well, yeah, that this seems like a great conversation. It just it makes no sense. Uh, but that's the defense. Let's hear it continue because I just love how angry. Uh, the person gets that they're uh, getting confronted in public again about stuff they said that a lot of Americans would care about. Well, this is not, by the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. This someone who's just working at a company to literally yeah. help the public. You f***ed up. You really did. Please read the cops. <laughs> he went full tilt, like all over the place, called the cops. Eventually, I think he even attacks the people uh, that are grabbing that second uh, video of him. Uh, But I don't know. I I feel like even if we go away from the story of Pfizer, of the vaccine, of the research being done there, which I'm not saying I want to go away from, I still want a lot of answers. And I think a lot of people desire uh, answers to that kind of stuff. We don't want that joke that Jon Stewart said that I remember pretty vividly um, when he was joking about how the Wuhan lab probably did release COVID, uh, the COVID um, uh, uh, first virus uh, from jump. It probably came from there. Uh, But I think what's more interesting than anything about it is that the joke was a scientist somewhere is going to say, oh, cool, it works. And then that's the end of the world. And so we don't want those sort of things happening. uh, But yet this person is so defiantly, I lied. Leave me alone. I don't know why anyone cares. You stop it now, sir. Uh, But it just shows um, a sort of entitlement thing that I think people complain about from younger generations a lot. Uh, It's that version of I want to be woke on social media. I want to jump out there and point the finger at whoever it is that I'm getting mad at for whatever the thing is that I've been told by everybody else in my generation. I'm a millennial, by the way, so this is self-hate for sure, uh, is getting mad at. When we all know, uh, and I'm not saying we all have the kind of secrets this guy does, but we all know that there's something in our life we're not proud of. And that's part of the the woke movement that's so strange, right? It's the, and I'm going to go full religion for a second on you. I apologize. At some points in my radio career, I've been asked to be Catholic Craig. Uh, a guy who is Catholic, who talks about stories in the news uh, in the world of Catholicism. Not always a fun uh, thing to be asked to be at times in my radio career, but I'm going to go ahead and do it here. Uh, you don't throw stones uh, when you have a glass house yourself. You don't do things uh, when you know that you can have some sort of version of that same thing done back to you. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest hallmarks of woke thinking in general, is that we are going to pretend as though uh, through the protection of being Uh, on the computer, behind our keyboard, and not someone that anyone else knows, not a famous person by any stretch of the imagination, that there's nothing going on in our life 
that we wouldn't want everyone else in the world to know about, whatever it might be. And I'm not trying to say that that's okay. I'm just saying it's human. It's something that exists for all of us. Um, and yet this person, when his lies, when his problems are exposed, is so angry at the people that did it. How dare you come after me? I'm a nobody. We're not supposed to do this to me. We're supposed to do this to other people. I think that mentality is really setting in and really causing a lot of uh, damage uh, to our society as a whole. All right, I want to play this audio just quickly. Uh, this is Joe Manchin popping up on CNN, uh, talking to Caitlin Collins about how he feels after all the different um, classified documents things have broken. I mean, so many people have classified documents they shouldn't have. Uh, I wonder how many more will come forward and say they have them or if there's any value in investigating and looking into whether or not uh, more people uh, that have had significant office have things that they claim they don't have. Uh, just like, of course, they say that's what happened uh, with the former president. Uh, but I like what Manchin says here, uh, not because I agree with him, just because it's the most obvious of statements uh, in the world of, you know, what's your reaction to the handling of classified documents? On the classified documents, the president has said he has no regrets about how they've ha handled that since then. You've said that you do believe he should have a lot of regrets about how <laughs> it's been handled. Sure, you should have regrets on yeah. that. You know, however it happened, I don't think anything was intentional. And I can't, now we're finding out whoever had access the top, you know, there's a top eight in, in this, uh, in our government that get classified information a little differently than the rest of us. We usually go down in a skiff. Uh, they, and, and all the senators and congresspeople have to go into that skiff. And there is no way in the world that we're able to take that out of that skiff, which is a secured area. But everybody else gets the documents a different way. And so he should feel a little bad about the fact that somehow he wandered off with some. Uh, which actually isn't all that surprising uh, when you think about our president. But I, I will say this. I don't know why we don't put more people in skiffs as often as we possibly can. Uh, it seems as though we have a problem uh, with keeping these classified documents in the places they need to be. I know the president is probably always going to be an exception to that rule. Um, but still, it just seems weird. Uh, maybe if you're in the White House, you're working that day, just have skiffs all over the place. Uh, maybe have a whole bunch of these rooms because we're not doing this well. We're not doing this right. Uh, we're screwing up a lot. Uh, but I do love the simple reaction to um, our president says he has no regrets. He probably should have some, starting with the fact that he had classified documents that he shouldn't have had in places they shouldn't have been for years, for lots and lots of years. Uh, Biden's thing is more unique than Pence's or Trump's. I know we, we draw all the different ways in which this guy did it right or this guy did it wrong, uh, mostly for political reasons. Uh, but the biggest difference to me in the Biden one is how long those things were just out there in the ether. Uh, potentially discovered by whoever could have discovered them. Uh, that's not something that's usually highlighted as much as it should be. But should he have regrets? Yes, absolutely he should. All right, you know what? One last thing I'll play here, and then we'll take a break. Uh, this is a supercut. Uh, this is making the rounds on social media of our president struggling to remember names. It happened again yesterday. He essentially referred to two uh, government employees as just the guys behind him. Uh, which I enjoyed a lot. He even got one of their titles wrong. Uh, but here it is, a supercut. We'll probably just play 30 seconds to a minute or so of this. Of all the times, and there's a whole lot of times, uh, the president just full-on flubs a thing, including one time when he was singing Happy Birthday and had no idea who he was singing to. I'd like to, uh, the Attorney General is here, John General Garland, Javier, Mr. Secretary, you can come <laughs> up too. I've been watching on television. You've been really good. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit <laughs> over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank 
the secretary. I want to thank all of our distinguished guests that are here today, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the the sec- secretary of the uh, of the uh, oh man, uh, se- se- secretary Somebody. Austin, and the FEMA administrator who's become the MVP here these days. I spent a lot of time in this room. Uh, uh, Griswell uh, of FEMA and the an entire workforce and the chair of the FC. I love the times when he really like builds it up when he's like, yeah, no, this guy, this person, uh, the one we're here to to acknowledge today, the person that's responsible for all this work that they're doing. And I, I, I come around all the time and have conversations with this person, how important they are. And then has no idea uh, what their name is. There's something that's uniquely great about that here. Just a couple more. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Larry. <laughs> Happy birthday Thank to you. you. You know who you are. It's fine. Everything will be great. Yes. Uh, one of many moments uh, where the president has full on with a microphone halfway through a sentence realized he has no idea what the name of the person is he's trying to talk about. Quick break, a lot more. I'm sure he's fine. A quick break, a lot more. Chad Benson Show. Uh, Before I take a break, though, Chad is the hardest working guy in all of radio. Here he is with a message about Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks are amazing, incredible. Let's start 2023 off with the most amazing, delicious steaks. Fill up your freezer right now and use code Benson at omahasteaks.com. Let me tell you what you get. First of all, 55% off your entire site-wide order when you go and look. Plus, I'm going to save you next to 30 bucks when you use code Benson on the way out. What do you get? The best of the best. Lean, tender steaks, aged to perfection, convenient, so prepared foods and meals like comfort food. Of course, desserts, you name it, they've got it. Five generations owned. They're the best. Don't waste your time anywhere else. Do what my family does. We're barbecuing all weekend and loving every second of Omaha Steaks. No one comes close to matching the flavor and tenderness. Go to omahasteaks.com. Save up to 55% off the entire site plus an extra $30 when you use code Benson at checkout. That's omahasteaks.com. Code Benson. omahasteaks.com. Code Benson. omahasteaks.com. Code Benson. You will taste nothing better. My family loves it. And so will you. What are you waiting for? Go fill up your freezer. omahasteaks.com. Code Benson. Minimum order may be required. You stink like fear and white male privilege to me. I do often out myself verbally as a gender. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm proud to be a gender. Are you stupid? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Not a great way to use your white privilege. Some people get it. Some people don't. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, There was a list of the worst common money-saving tips that are out there in the world. I think Reddit put this together. I do love this uh, list a lot because all these tips are pretty awful. Uh, The first one, making your own laundry detergent. I wound up on this list. Uh, It's something that I've never seen anyone actually suggest for me to do, but someone claims they were told to do to be more frugal, and uh, it's a really bad call. Uh, First, because the amount of things you need to buy in order to create actual working laundry detergent in your own home, like a science fair project, is so much that uh, in order to save any money on it, 
you're going to be storing a whole bunch of it for a very long time. Uh, but I just think that that, I, I wouldn't, I, let me say it this way, and then I'll move on to some of the other ones. I'd judge a friend hard if I showed over, showed up at their house and they were just getting done making their next laundry detergent for the next six months to save a few dollars. That seems like it's a pretty uh, bold road to go. You know, if you need to do it, fine. But it does seem like if you're just deciding to try to save these bucks this way, uh, we can figure some other stuff out. Some other things they say on here that are bad money-saving tips, uh, buying in bulk. Uh, if you don't eat all the things that you buy, then even though you're saving money when you purchase it, you're losing money when you throw it out. That's a valuable point. I'll never get over that one, though, because I'm the dude that does all the math in the aisle, thinking about how much money I'm saving to the penny, to the cents, by going with this bigger item than this other item, and then, ah, we'll find a way to store it, is what I say to the missus all the time. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely someone who will err on the side of wrong, I guess, on that one. Other things they say, couponing, it's sort of just tedious, and even though it can uh, benefit you uh, occasionally, it's not really as valuable as you might think it is. I don't know if I'll believe that one. I also don't do that, so who knows? Uh, lowering the thermostat is something that's actually a myth, they say, because uh, the house going up and down and heat... Uh, or even, you know, changing it in the winter or in the summer, too, to to keep yourself a little warmer than you want to be. Uh, getting it back to those um, temperatures is sort of the same cost-wise as just sticking at them anyway. I've heard that all the time. Everybody tells me that one all the time. I actually fail at most of these because I definitely do that. Keep the house cooler. We're definitely saving money. I'm also that guy. All right, quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, it's Friday. I'd like to have as much fun as I can possibly have today. Chad is back on Monday. And yet there is a, a big story out there in the world uh, that is not going to be fun and seems like it has to be talked about. Of course, this is the story about the video of uh, Tyree Nichols' arrest uh, that eventually ended with him uh, dying a few days later in the hospital out of Memphis. Uh, I know that at CBS this morning, they did an interview with the DA in Shelby County. His name is Steve Mulroy. Uh, here's a little bit of that conversation. Gail King started the conversation by asking, um, um, why are you preparing people for this video to be released uh, in the first place? And why did the charges themselves materialize the way they did? Morning, Gail. Happy to be here. Well, we're just hours away from looking at the video. And from what we hear, it's going to be devastating for many people. I'm curious about what led you to the charges and why you all feel the need to prepare the public the way you're preparing them to see this video. Well, Gil, in any case like this, where you have an officer involved fatality, there is going to be a certain amount of um, public agitation. But when people actually see with their own eyes um, the kinds of things that occurred in this incident, there's, there's an even greater potential, I think, for uh, a very serious public reaction. And I think that's why it was important 
for the charges to be announced prior to the release of the video and for expectations to be set and for people in the community with credibility to call for calm. Uh, certainly, there's room for protest uh, if people feel the need to protest, but we're hoping that protest, and we're confident, I think, that that protest will be peaceful. You know, it's also interesting as the mother of uh, Tyree Nichols is one of those people who was calling for calm uh, in this situation. Uh, now, here's the things I, I think in general about stories uh, like this, as well as uh, this story. And by the way, if you're wondering about the specifics them, themselves, uh, Tyree Nichols, as I said, um, was, um, according to the reports, beaten by uh, police officers and then died in the hospital a few days later. Tyree Nichols is a 20-something uh, black man, and the officers actually are all uh, black as well. I know that that's a, a weird thing in the society we live in today to even sort of like say, uh, to be like, well, uh, this or that is an aspect of this uh, because it, it changes part of the public conversation uh, to be sure. But for the most part, the public conversation will probably be what it is uh, anyway, uh, regardless of of some of those variables. And, and here's all I, I say about that every time we have one of these stories go viral. Um, and I, I would also think that calling for calm makes sense. Uh, the calling for uh, protesting that is, in fact, peaceful, if that's something that you feel you want to do on any situation, not this situation specifically, but on anything. If, uh, if the things you decide to watch, if the video itself uh, make you feel strongly, as uh, they're saying a lot of people will, uh, then, you know, protesting is something that's everybody's right. Um, but I do think too often as a society, an aspect of that protesting that turns into a lot more than just protesting comes from a belief that every extreme example of um, things not happening the way that they should or things going very much the way that they shouldn't, I don't want to underplay it, uh, you then believe that every situation everywhere in the, the country is similar. And I think that that's a flaw we make often as a society is that we choose the the worst moments um and again, this is an accusation. There's a court process that has to play out as to whether or not people will be found actually guilty of certain things. Uh, the video coming out when it does, the reason we always say that happens is because society deserves to see things and they deserve to see them as quickly as possible. I'm not sure I totally agree with that. And I'm not saying that we don't deserve to see something. I just wonder at times why we rush to put certain things into everybody's um, uh, collective conscious when we don't even allow the legal process itself to play out and hold people responsible for things that they're proven to have committed um, and then eventually maybe seeing a certain video and whatnot. Uh, but I will say again that I think the biggest flaw as a society we make sometimes when talking about these things is a belief that it's actually happening everywhere. And I'm not trying to downplay the idea that it could be happening more places than in just one place and that people who choose to protest and, and call for change don't have some ground to stand on. Uh, but I just think it's it's in intricate, a, a um, nuanced conversation. And we don't really have those uh, in society a lot of times when we try to talk about these kind of things, which eventually loses the message itself. I remember one time on the show, I was talking about a, a statement, a famous quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And one thing that he said, and by the way, as a white 30 something, every time race is a component to conversations uh, and I quote Martin Luther King Jr., I'm told that I'm, I'm like, that's not allowed. That's a that's a dumb thing or whatever it is. And that's weird because I actually really like the things that guy said, uh, that leader, that important human being said. I shouldn't just say that guy. And so it's odd when I'm told like I'm not allowed to say it in the moment because uh, it's I don't know. But Martin Luther King once talked quite a bit about how uh, messages can be lost if protests aren't done 
peacefully. If love isn't the the overarching goal, uh, loving each other, finding a way to overcome challenges through, uh, you know, not pretending they don't exist, but uh, at the same time, not allowing ourselves uh, to turn into um, versions of people that are doing things similar to the people uh, that we're begging ourselves to change and not be anymore as a society. And again, I'm not comparing it to the specific uh, story when I say that. And I remember how much pushback there was uh, to that idea, that concept. Uh, but messages do get lost when other things happen in society that refocus people's uh, conversations to how bad the most recent thing is. I mean, look at uh, violence when it happens in our society. Uh, we move on to the next news story. Uh, even in California, I, well, I, you know what? I was going to talk about this. I'll pivot to this uh, conversation. Uh, so obviously California earlier this week had a really uh, horrible uh, 44 hours or something like that where three different mass shootings occurred and conversations immediately erupted from uh, those things. The politicians said what they were going to say about restricting guns and uh, a good guy with a gun maybe being a prevention mechanism that didn't exist in some of those situations uh, and that being a, a bearable in the conversation. What I thought was really also interesting is that California has assault ban weapon or uh, assault weapon bans. They, they have things that as a federal government, our politicians are calling on us to do. So what you could gain from those stories out of California, other than uh, sympathy for, for victims of tragedies like that, is an understanding that the solution is not what we talk about sometimes. It's a mental health component. It's, it's this, it's that. It's, it's having uh, different conversations, nuanced conversations in a valuable way in society. I don't know why I'm preaching this in the show today. This is a tangent I didn't even mean to totally be on, and I don't really have a good solution to recommend to you or anyone listening to this on how we do that, outside of maybe thinking uh, that the best way possible for anyone to raise awareness on anything, have any kind of conversation, is doing it where there actually is um, statements and then responses, and not just statements and the lack of being willing to hear responses in whatever the situation might be. Uh, because it might get us to the heart of more issues, uh, and this issue specifically, uh, whatever one I'm talking about, whether it's the California one or the thing coming out of Memphis, uh, are probably more challenging than trying to to say this is a, a blanket statement that's going to be true across the board, and we have to govern based on this or that or whatnot. Um, and by the way, I'll say one last thing, uh, and I probably shouldn't have taken so long on this story, uh, but darn it, it's important enough. It's valuable enough. I should talk about it. Even if I'm afraid as a 30 something white guy, I'm going to somehow get in trouble uh, by the woke mob. Uh, but I will say that if the police officers all wind up being held responsible and proven guilty of a crime, then that is a, a silver lining aspect of our system actually working. Uh, not in the fact that a tragedy occurred, but a fact that no one got away with it. And so I know that that might not be the most valuable of statements to say, uh, but there's been times in society uh, where people get away with things, and there's still definitely a thing going on in the world of our politicians and the things they get away with. Uh, and a lot of that getting away with really bad stuff uh, doesn't exist as much, at least in some of these uh, kind of, whether it's uh, societal or, or race situations that we talk about, at least from the purview of someone that's seeing people being held responsible uh, if they are, in fact, proven of having committed a crime. And I say all that to also uh, just throw out there that for those of you who choose not to watch the video, I kind of understand that decision, too, um, because, well, I, I don't know that that's something we all need to see every single time one of these things comes out. Um, all right. One other quick thing. I'm just going to shift gears uh, totally before I take a break, because uh, that was intense enough. Uh, this is not necessarily uplifting, but at least it's not that conversation. Uh, a new um, the new booster shot for covid-19 apparently failed the 50 percent threshold necessary by the World Health Organization. Uh, it's the one that's supposed to target the, the latest variant 
of COVID. Uh, it's only 48% effective at preventing symptomatic infection, uh, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, as I said, that is below the 50% threshold that's necessary to deem it an effective vaccine, uh, meaning that the latest variant, the bivalent uh, shot uh, that people were being told to take is actually not an effective vaccine, according to the World Health Organization. For anyone that's questioned this kind of stuff, anyone that's thought, hey, man, uh, you know, we got we to gotta wait longer to determine uh, the efficacy or the value of certain decisions you guys are telling us to make, uh, this is another moment where you get proven a little bit right about that. All right, quick break, a lot more heavy topic. Uh, so a lot of other stuff, way, way lighter and more fun to talk about next. Uh, but Chad is the hardest working guy in all of radio. So even when he has a day off, he talks about stuff. Here he is with a message about Rough Greens. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash chat. Roughgreens.com slash chat. Go to Rough Greens right now. Get a free bag of Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and make a 369. It works. If you worry about your dog as they get older, maybe they're younger, you want to get them a head start. This supplement that goes on top of your dog's food has been an absolute game changer for my older dog, and it's given my my newish dogs, if you will, they're a couple years old, just a great start to life. They don't have allergy problems. They don't have skin problems. They have zero problems when it comes to digestive tract, and their aches and pains, especially for my older one, virtually gone. It's incredible. If you love your animals like I love my animals, why don't you do this? Try it for free. Dr. Dennis Black is going to send you a bag for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. It is that simple. You won't regret it. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Get a free bag of Rough Greens right now. Ruffgreens.com slash Chad. Hashtag immigration reforms. Hashtag help. I'm trapped in a hashtag factory and I can't get out. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, Chad is back after the weekend on Monday. Uh, I love this story that I saw out there in the world that's definitely way easier and more fun to talk about than some of the stuff that we're talking about uh, today or in general. Uh, Single women are now going to Home Depot to pick up dudes. Uh, it's a real story. Uh, there's even a hashtag on social media, Home Depot Dating. 3.6 billion people uh, have viewed with, uh, viewed some of the videos that are up about uh, that sort of thing. Uh, the reason why they're doing this is because they want someone who's, quote, husband material. Uh, women want to go to a Home Depot, uh, look around the store, see a guy who knows what they're doing, uh, see a guy who's shopping for certain things, maybe because they're, they're handy, they can build stuff, and then they take that guy home. Uh, and what I love most about this story is this is a, a, a man's dream, I would assume, is that you get picked up by a lovely lady at the Home Depot. Because out of all the places in my life I've ever been uh, when I was a single man, happily married Matt now, one of the only places I never thought to be a spot where I'd meet a girl and go on a date was the Home Depot. When you go to a, a store of that like that of any kind, you're kind of just doing it for you. That's a you moment. My wife doesn't even go with me when I go to those places. She's like, nah, it's fine. You're going to wander around the store and want to buy stuff you shouldn't buy for reasons that you don't need to uh, have that stuff because you're never going to do the things, the projects that you're telling yourself you're going to do. So it's like a 45-minute just wandering the store for me. I think those are the only stores I actually wander. Uh, my wife will go through every aisle of the grocery store, every aisle or every part of a clothing store, and I just sit there very bored. Uh, but the only place that I want to see all the new stuff is Lowe's, Home Depot, is any of that Ace Hardware, good Ace Hardware. Saturday trip is wonderful. Um, but if ladies start walking up to guys and picking them up at these places, that's just uh, even better uh, for all involved. 
And I love the fact that at least for, I think, younger women, uh, there's not a lot of guys who would know what to buy at the Home Depot anyway, uh, know what to buy at the Lowe's, know how to do any of the projects. Uh, so they're, they're a little bit hard up for people uh, that are capable in that way anyway. Uh, so it's a nice fix for all involved. As I said, I think it's the surprise of it all. Although probably a bunch of people tell us on our social media pages uh, how often you've picked up a lovely lady at the Home Depot and just prove me wrong. Prove that I've just been too distracted of my own to ever notice there were singles there. All right. Other stuff I saw out there. Uh, there's a list of the 20 uh, most desired jobs in the world. Uh, again, I think what's interesting about this, similar to the Home Depot story and how maybe people are struggling to find guys who can fix things. A lot of these jobs to me, and there's a few on the list where you'd actually make a decent living, uh, sound like the kind of jobs that most people will definitely not make a good living at. And it's just the the world we're in right now. It's like, ah, oh, no, I'll be, I'll be rich doing this. Uh, number one on the list was pilot. You can make a good living doing that. That's a cool job. And we have a pilot shortage. If you want to be a pilot, go be a pilot. Uh, the number two one on the list was writer. That's going to be trickier. Not a lot of people make a really great living. And there were some do. I think people even blog and sometimes are fairly successful now, but that's the few and far between. Number three in the list, maybe even more challenging, dancer is the number three most desired profession. I can't say I've ever wanted to be a professional dancer myself, so that's going to be a no for me, dog. Uh, but more importantly, again, I don't think a whole lot of people make a crap ton of money doing that. Number four, even better, YouTuber. Number five, entrepreneur. Number six, actor. Number seven, influencer, which apparently is not YouTuber. At number four, most of this list is broken. Uh, most of these things are things that if you're a parent, you don't want to pay for in the world of college to get your kid a lovely education so they can go out in the world and try to be an influencer who's on YouTube. Uh, then there was computer programmer at eight. That's a good move. A singer at number nine and teacher uh, actually came in as the number 10 most desired job. Uh, not exactly a job where you're going to make a, a great living, but that's not really fair. And we'll talk about that some other time. Teacher is a wonderful profession, I think, to aspire to have. Uh, if I mention any more, radio uh, host is not on here, uh, but DJ was at number 11. And that, I guess, could encompass some radio. So there you go. Uh, it's somehow represented. Uh, this story I thought was great because it's definitely causing a fight uh, for whoever actually wins this competition. So financial buzz or financebuzz.com is trying to get a couple to build Ikea furniture together and tape it. They'll give you $1,000 uh, for building the furniture together and then a $1,000 gift card to Ikea to go buy new stuff after the fight. Uh, but they want to see the ups and downs of trying to build a bedroom set, document all of it. Um, you're definitely having an argument you don't want to have there and you're doing it for $1,000. So I guess that's good. You got some money to pay the divorce attorney when you get started. I would probably do this though, as I just made all those disparaging jokes about it. Because uh, the thing about building Ikea furniture well with the misses around is you hide the stuff that you don't know how to use. As you follow the directions incorrectly and as you have way more screws than you're supposed to have, you just get rid of those somehow while she's not looking. That's the way to have a happy marriage. Uh, that's probably terrible advice and you should not take it. Uh, but I may or may not have done that a time or two in the world of some of the furniture inside of our house. And it's still together. So I'm not really sure why or how I missed certain things. And someday I'll find out. But for now, we're doing okay. Uh, but I think that's the way to build it. And also then, although you would get outed when the video comes out. So I guess this is a fail in that sense too. All right, one other quick thing, and I'll talk about it more after the break. I do think it's interesting though. And it's Friday. I want to talk about as many uh, not serious things as I can. Uh, there's a new study from researchers that says fast food and junk food hijacks your brain. It takes over your ability to control your food intake and your desire for healthier stuff 
because it tastes so much better. I assume that's one of the parts uh, points about it. But that's from Penn State College of Medicine. As I said, I'll talk a little bit more about a few of the other aspects of that. I just love the idea that there's an excuse out there now. There's a scientific study you can turn to uh, when you make the wrong food decision and someone in your life tells you you need to make a different one. You can just tell them it's not your fault. Uh, probably uh, not entirely true, but hey, uh, researchers in the Journal of uh, Physiology are helping you make that case just a little bit quicker, a little bit better. Uh, so good luck to all there. All right, quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, Lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say. So there's this new statue in New York that's strange. I don't know a better way to to, uh, set up this conversation. Uh, Manhattan debuted the female lawgiver uh, statue. Uh, that to a lot of people looks like it's satanic at the very least. It looks like Medusa. There's a lot of things coming out of places uh, you don't think they'd be coming out of. It just it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Jason Whitlock uh, popped up on Tucker Carlson's show and had a series of jokes about it that has since gone viral or a series of jokes about potential upcoming statues in the near or uh, immediate it's future. A tough uh, here, hold on a second, Jason. Give me a second. Uh, let's go ahead and play some of the jokes he had for what he thinks if this is the barometer and the other weird statues we've seen recently uh, for what uh, is to come in the future. Uh, we're all in for, a, well, an enjoyable time, uh, but a confusing time. was incredible with you and Dr. Malone exposed. And, and so it's a tough segue for me because I can't take this statue and the left seriously. They're a joke. And so all I can think of is jokes. And, and so I just have to Good. think that if this is what they did for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and we've seen what they did for Martin Luther King in Boston, Yes, Can you imagine what they're planning for Katanji Brown Jackson? <laughs> My God, I'm sure they're building the first non-binary, multiple gender statue that will depict Katanji Brown Jackson probably holding her crotch and listing her <laughs> pronouns as D's walnuts. Wow. I mean, can, I, I can just imagine what Wellesley College is thinking right now about Hillary Clinton. She graduated from Wellesley College. She's the real 45, and I heard they have a statue plan for her, the real 45. Hillary will be depicted uh, swigging from a brown paper bag containing uh, a bottle of Colt 45 malt liquor. Uh, uh, look, that one's great. I'm, I'm going to stop him there, and he's got other jokes. But if somebody somewhere in the world puts up a Hillary Clinton statue where she's uh, drinking malt liquor from a brown paper bag, I'm in. Uh, I'm not in in the fact that I'm going to love the fact that she got a statue, but that's going to be hilarious. Um, but there's so many other ones out there that he, he mentions. And, yeah, the thing in New York, it's just, it's just weird. It just makes no sense at all. Um, people have confused, uh, compared it to all kinds of stuff. 
and they really wonder where the exact uh, way of uh, thinking uh, went. I wonder if part of the problem with these recent statues is just trusting someone that you're told is an artist when you're hiring them. You know, you're like, uh, wait, is this person a famous artist? Okay, they know art better than I do. Uh, you're free to go from here. I'm not going to check in on you anymore. Because the Martin Luther King one, too, the embrace, I think is what it's called. I got quite a bit of uh, reaction because it doesn't really look like what it's supposed to. I feel like that also, by the way, that's my last take on art. I don't have very good takes here, probably. Uh, the last, like the basic rule, the number one rule when you're putting something out there in the world is have it make sense to most people. It can look cool. You can do all kinds of like a weird stuff while having it make sense. But if it doesn't make sense, you failed at objective number one. And that's usually bad. Uh, that is definitely how I feel about these last couple, although I am enjoying the amount of people that make fun of them. All right, I want to play this audio. Uh, this is our president. Uh, he actually did this several times yesterday. He kept asking for Doug. Like, is Doug here? Where's Doug at? Uh, this is something that happened, as I said, I think four or five times. Here's an example. Where's Doug? Congressman. <laughs> no one answers. Doug, thanks for the passport into town. Doug and I have something in common. <laughs> Doug, I think you might have been with Doug knows. Look, here's the deal. Okay, and the last one is where he kind of finally corrected himself. The person he was talking about, his first name is Don. Every time he said Doug and everyone was just silent and he kind of waited for somebody to move around. Where's that Doug at? And I can't believe you did it that many times before eventually being like, Doug can't be this guy's name. It took him five tries, uh, by the way. And there is actually a supercut, which I played earlier. I'll probably play again of all the uh, moments where our president gets names just full on wrong, uh, falls all over them. Uh, some of them are, are really, really great. Uh, but this is just a, a tremendous moment uh, because it tells me something uh, that I think we've learned a, a few times about this current president of the United States. Uh, it tells me that the regular filter that exists for most of us the filter that tells you not to do a certain thing. Like when you start to sing happy birthday, if you realize you don't know someone's name, you don't get yourself into a situation where you're already singing happy birthday. Uh, but he does this so often and takes so long to correct himself that that's the thing that's broken. I don't know if anyone can fix it. I don't know if we have time to fix it. I don't know how much it'll help him. Uh, but the thing he's most struggling with is just that basic little control mechanism in the rest of our brains that he definitely doesn't have. Uh, speaking of um, brains and trying to make them sound like machines, weird transition. I'm going to try it. I have a couple stories about artificial intelligence, uh, totally shifting gears. It's a Friday. Let's get away from politics a bit if we can. Uh, both of these are interesting that they came out around the same time. Uh, one is terrifying. Uh, that's from Times of London and Oxford University, uh, which is reporting that even though people love chat GPT, uh, people love going on the Internet and talking to artificial intelligence it's probably not great for us in the long run uh, that a rogue AI could absolutely kill everyone, is what the study says. Uh, scientists are warning, uh, don't do things that'll make the AI eventually go crazy. I don't think we know what those things are, uh, but superhuman technology uh, is something that's absolutely a risk, uh, and we need to be as careful as possible and not be like my one buddy who keeps going to chat GPT and then sending a uh, screenshot in the, our group chat of all the stupid things he's asking that computer and the dumb answers it's coming up with. He's very proud of it. Uh, we're very annoyed now. Uh, that friend also uses an app that tracks the um, public locations where he poops. And I'm not going to get into that in any more detail. It exists. It's out there. Uh, I just want you to know the person I'm making fun of in this moment, he deserves it. Uh, one last thing that I think is interesting in the world of artificial intelligence, uh, that other story I was talking about, uh, this one says how we are very close to have AI take over a lot of um, white-collar jobs, 
a lot of office gigs. I think they said education is one of the places uh, where you might see a lot of artificial intelligence take over for humans. Uh, probably not entirely a good idea. If we learn nothing from the pandemic, it was that uh, remote learning did not actually have the value they said it would. Uh, there's a bunch of other industries, though. Software design, which sort of makes sense, I guess. Although maybe that's how the uh, AI builds itself, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Even some things like journalism actually popped up. And I wonder, I will say this candidly uh, before I get to the main point. I wonder if we'd trust computer journalists more than we trust our actual journalists we have today in society. Uh, the computer journalist might not be as great at understanding all the different details, variables of something, although I guess they're getting better. Uh, but they certainly wouldn't be as agenda-driven, except if it was to say that we need to create that, that murder robot at some point. Uh, so maybe we would trust them more. Maybe just like baseball, getting the uh, computer strike zone at some point uh, and getting rid of the umpire calling balls and strikes, which I'm still sad about as a uh, baseball fan, a, a long, long time uh, fan of the New York uh, Yankees. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that you don't have that human error in there because I enjoyed a boo. As any good uh, New York fan, if somebody gets a thing wrong, I like to let them know it. I'm going to miss that when the computer can't get stuff wrong. Uh, but maybe that is a component of it, that if it does happen in some of these fields, it'll make us a more trusting society uh, because of the, the computers. But the other thing that I thought was valuable in the computers are going to take our job story uh, is just the idea that we have to figure out new ways to have other things to do to make money. And most of those are just going to be repairing the computers uh, from what I read here. Uh, good luck to a lot of us. Uh, one other quick one, and then I'll take a break. Uh, if you could switch off one of your senses, which one would it be? That was a question that was asked on the internet. Uh, people gave a variety of answers. 1% of people said that they'd give up sight uh, if they could switch it on and off, I mean, not give it up entirely, uh, which a lot of other people made fun of on Reddit because, well, you have eyelids, you can do it anyway, uh, which is a valuable point. 40% said that if they, they could control a sense, they'd choose for it to be smell so they could turn it off when they were in a situation they did not want that sense. I think that's very smart. 30% said hearing. 17% uh, said taste and 10% said touch. I think I'd go with taste. Out of all the things, like a, a bad smell, you can make it through, people. Uh, you can suffer through. You can walk to a different place. Uh, you can uh, enjoy the fact that if your buddy just crop dusted you, he's very amused by it. Like these can be things that happen in your life and you can survive. I think the sense of taste, when you have something truly awful uh, that's about to go down the gullet, that that would be a way better thing that you can turn off, especially because I'd never get in trouble anymore. I'd never go to a family event or, or eat a food product that someone from my wife's family created and at all show that it's something that I didn't enjoy. I would be the absolute best version of me in the world of that was the most delicious meal I've ever had in my life and meaning it every single time. I like that more than avoiding horrible smells uh, for however long they last uh, for the most part. But you answer the question too. Tell us on our social media pages if you could turn a sense on and off at your own discretion, uh, which, one it would, which one would it be? And again, don't say sight. 1% did that. You already have that power. Uh, so I can already make their dreams come true. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. People struggle out there with a lot of things. You know, we were talking about uh, what's going on in the world today. And a lot of people struggle with some things that are really deep. Some people struggle with things like it's a new year. Might have a new opportunity at jobs. Maybe you have trouble making certain decisions. This is where BetterHelp comes in. Getting in to see somebody in today's world is tough. With BetterHelp, they make it easy. Fill out a small questionnaire and voila, you are paired 
with a licensed vetted professional that's going to help you. And it's all done online. No waiting rooms, none of that stuff. It is great. It's super affordable. And I will tell you this right now. It has helped my eldest stepdaughter in ways that is tremendous because you've got direct messaging. You've got uh, the opportunity to Zoom call or do a phone call. It's just truly awesome. And I'm telling you guys right now, you won't be disappointed. Save an extra 10% on your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash Benson. Betterhelp.com slash Benson saves you 10% on your first month. No waiting room, no crazy chaos of, of fighting traffic, just a great opportunity to talk to someone. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of things to talk about, but darn it, it's Friday. I want to have as much fun as I can today, too. So let's talk about this. Uh, Apparently, people in Hollywood, um, influencers, actresses, all kinds of people, uh, they're using a diabetes drug, a diabetes medication to give themselves um, a a quicker route to weight loss. It's a real thing. Uh, A lot of people apparently are doing it in the world of celebrity and socialite. And here's the problem. There's a tremendous amount of side effects, especially for people. I'm not naming what the drug is. I don't want to promote it or the opposite, I I guess. Uh, But there's a tremendous amount of side effects that seem way worse than getting a, a easier time at losing some weight including one that they're just calling old face, uh, which apparently if you take this drug and have an adverse reaction, you might screw up your face, uh, which seems more important, especially if you're an actress or a socialite or someone uh, that's trading on your looks than just making sure that you're cutting down on whatever your weight might be. But that's just one of a, a laundry list of terrible, awful side effects that could be a part of, of prolonged use of these kind of things. I wonder like where that line is for, for everybody, you know, in all honesty, because uh, now, for the most part, I think the side effect part just blazes past all of our brains. If we need a thing, we're going to take a thing. Uh, but when you're starting to recreationally do this stuff, or at least do this stuff in a way in which there's other solutions to some of your problems, I wonder where that line should be. Maybe not even I should say where it is, because we're all going to be different about that. But I think old face to me is a moment where I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't I don't need that to be a thing. And I'm not trying to, to crap on people uh, that are older than I am. This feels like a weird uh, version of trying to be extra woke all of a sudden on the show. Uh, but no, I just think that if you're going to screw up your face forever, that's probably a thing that you'll regret uh, the moment it happens. All right, moving on to other stuff. So a woke millennial doesn't come out of me anymore. Um, there is a, a new study about a, a post, I'm going to call it romance, uh, because I don't want to say the actual word, even though I can say it on the radio. Uh, in case this is an earmuffs moment, you got to put the hands over the ears for the kid in the car. Um, but post-romance blues. Uh, this has been studied now, and apparently it's been proven by at least one clinical psychologist to be uh, real. Her name is Dr. Lori Beth. Um, she said that it's long been suspected uh, that people get the, the Debbie Downer uh, version of feelings after uh, a moment where they're definitely feeling some other things uh, during a, uh, you know, a a lovely moment of romance between a man and a woman behind closed doors. Um, But what I think is so interesting about this, too, um, what I find to be the most hilarious is I don't know that everybody has that feeling, Uh, a a sense of desiring to 
to cry is one of the examples here. I wonder if maybe just some people are having a, a negative experience uh, during their moment of intimacy, and that's causing some of these uh, more sad or blues types of feelings because I can't tell you from personal experience, weird thing to admit on the radio, that's out, that's ever been a, a feeling I've had uh, after an experience quite like that. I'm usually in a very good mood, and then I want a snack and I want to go to bed. Those are usually the ways I feel. Uh, there's not a lot of sadness uh, that uh, comes out of me. Uh, so I just think it's interesting that they're saying a whole lot of people are dealing with that problem. All right. I thought I saw this story, too. It might also be a little bit adult nature. Uh, we're going to take a break in about a minute or so, so I'm sure the commercial will save me. And I apologize for all of those, but I'll do my best again to protect you from saying anything that gets us, well, in trouble. I'm probably just protecting myself. So there's a story about how ants can sniff out uh, certain illnesses. Uh, the one that went viral, and I think this was from a couple of days ago, is that ants are really great at smelling breast cancer. Uh, apparently, they could help to detect tumors. They could help to save lives. I saw that story, and at first, I think I had the reaction most people have, like, huh, that's interesting. But then I had to think about it a little bit more. Michigan State University is the place that discovered this. How is the answer to that part? Like, how did they get there? And I feel like if there was a couple doctors that were just throwing some ideas out for studies they wanted to do, they landed on this one relatively quickly. But I don't know if ants was the first thing they thought of in order to smell a tumor specifically in that area of a woman's body. So I do wonder if this was a thing where you're like, yeah, I don't know, we'll try another product. We'll try this, we'll try that. And you just try to get funding for this to last forever. You might have even been sad when you found out that ants actually could smell uh, the thing that you were trying to detect because now, darn it, you have an answer to a question you wished could uh, last until infinity. Uh, but I just love the idea that someone somewhere did the study. Granted, they probably used human tissue and not actually people. Uh, and saw how the ants were doing and detecting things correctly. Uh, but a guy can think about it differently, I guess. And I, that's the way I thought. And the kind of study that I'd probably suggest if someone tried to give me, well, they wouldn't give me the money, but told me I might have access to money. I'd be like, yeah, let's study this. It'll be great. They'll be like, Craig, please go home and stop talking. Uh, one other quick one. Uh, I saw this too. I thought it was interesting. Uh, apparently you can make $1,000 uh, to eat cheese every night before you go to bed. I think this is for a week. Uh, a new study or a new interest in whether or not cheese causes nightmares. Uh, having night cheese <laughs> might be something we're going to tell people not to do um, is, is something that they're asking. And so Sleep Junkie is the organization that's behind this. Uh, they're looking for volunteers to diary their dream, um, put a, a diary of their dreams down after eating a bunch of cheese just before bed. I'm down into this. I'm signing up for this immediately. I hope to be one of the people that does it, and I'll talk to you more about it here. Quick break. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back on Monday. Uh, the Supercut is making the rounds all over the place on the internet. Uh, it is a supercut of moments where our president, 80-year-old Joe Biden, uh, doesn't remember people's names. And you'd think sometimes he wouldn't trap himself in this. Although I am seeing more and more people react to this a viral video by saying, it's kind of unreasonable of us to have assumed that an 80-year-old guy would remember as many names as a president has to remember. 
Maybe there's a reason that some people are saying that uh, at 80, it's probably not the best of ideas uh, to put someone into office in the first place. You got to really prove uh, that you have the mental capabilities to do it. Uh, but as I said, make it the rounds, a version of all the times or just several of the times he doesn't know who he's talking about, who he's talking to. Uh, sometimes it seems like maybe even where he is. I'd like to, uh, the attorney general is here, General Garland, Javier Mr. Secretary, you can come up <laughs> too. Guy. I've been watching on television. You've been really good. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Secretary, B B Mr. Secretary. I'm going to have you speak now. I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him General, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, <laughs> I want to make guy. sure we thank the Secretary. I want to thank all of our distinguished guests that are here today, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. The, the sec secretary of the... Uh, of I think that one's uniquely bad, too, by the way. When you say that these are distinguished guests, I have no idea who you people are. Although maybe he should just lean into that now and say, I really don't remember any of the stuff I was just told a second ago. Uh, you guys are doing great, whoever the heck you are. Somebody take me somewhere else. Here's more. The, uh, uh, secretary Austin. And the FEMA administrator who's become the MVP. Here oh, the MVP. spent a lot of time in this It's a room. good person. Uh, 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 Israel, uh, FEMA, and <laughs> the entire workforce. And the chair of the that FCC, uh, uh, Leon, uh, excuse me, Lena. Uh, I don't know if at what point, like, the people who are writing these speeches for the president just, like, uh, definitely know that we're going to have a miss here. And they just, like, hold their breath. They look forward and, like, all right, we're going to have to deal with another one. Uh, my favorite will always be the happy birthday move. Uh, because when I first heard this, I thought to myself that it had to be some fake thing. It had to be some gift. Uh, that society gave me, that the world gave me, because you almost never see this even in your everyday life. Almost no one starts a random, let's sing happy birthday to a person and doesn't know the name of the person they're going to sing happy birthday to. And that's what happened. While giving a speech, he said that it's a tradition in his family to sing happy birthday to people. It was someone's birthday there. So let's try it out. This is our president. I will always love this one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear <laughs> Happy birthday to you. I have people are even laughing in that room. Um, but honestly, like that's not a mistake that like an MC at a at a comedy club makes that often. So to watch our president do it is just uh, something else. All right, Joe Manchin did an interview on CNN. Uh, one of the things that Manchin said that I thought was rather interesting is that you need a political middle. If you don't have a political middle, you don't have America, according to Joe Manchin. He said there's only a couple ways to get to a political middle. And one of those ways, he's actually himself demonstrated to be something he's willing to do. But here we go. Talk to you about 2024 before you go. Are you going to be backing Senator Kirsten Sinema if she runs Absolutely. in Arizona? Kirsten Sinema deserves to be backed. She deserves to have the support of all of us because you Including have to have, Senator Chuck Schumer. You have to have people in the middle. If you don't have a middle, you don't have America. If you don't have people that's putting America first, this is all about bringing Americans together. You've got to find people that are willing to take a vote against their party. Yes, I agree with him whole, wholeheartedly. And he actually dropped America first in there, uh, which is interesting because that's what they're calling members of the right at times uh, who are making it complicated for other people on the conservative side of the aisle to do some things they want to do. Uh, case in point, uh, pick the Speaker of the House. Uh, but I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with Joe Manchin. Uh, that it makes sense. It's actually a reflection of, of real society, right? Uh, more so than anything else, uh, you have friends, you have people you know that you talk to that have literally zero opinions that land on the other side of the political aisle. And then you know a whole lot of people who at least sometimes in a conversation can be like, 
yeah, right, that one I don't really care about, or that one's not the biggest issue for me, or on that one I totally think something different. That's just the the human nature of, of us, uh, the people that actually live this life. And so I definitely agree with him, and I definitely think we need more people uh, that call themselves in the middle. Although I guess at the same time, this is weird, I'm going to almost argue with myself on the radio, uh, the more people you have giving in to certain things on uh, one side or the other side of the aisle who call themselves in the middle, uh, the more likely you are to have things happen in the world of politics uh, that we don't want to happen, or the exact opposite, have nothing happen in the world of politics, because so many are so uh, very far to a certain side uh, in that part of our society, uh, all the people who do that job, and they sort of demand that acceptance. I will say this. Uh, this is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Uh, when the House Speaker vote took as long as it did, I actually enjoyed it. And I wonder if a lot of people out there enjoyed it. And I didn't enjoy it necessarily because I thought the um, people that were a little bit further on the right in the Republican Party were asking for things that totally made sense. Some of them did. Some of them might not have. But what I really enjoyed about it more so than anything else was the idea that that's what our system was supposed to be. It was supposed to be something where it took a while to, to get things done, where people had candid conversations. But at the end of the day, the goal was to eventually move the sticks forward. I like that version of politics. I don't like the gridlocked or everything is just on one side of any kind of conversation, a version of things we have now. So there, And I know a lot of other people that felt the same way I did, that it was uniquely entertaining uh, to watch the system play out the way it was designed as opposed to play out the way we've seen it been playing out for quite some time. And all the people that went on television and bragged like, we haven't had uh, a speaker vote take this long in tons and tons of years. That actually sounded like a negative uh, to me. It did not sound like a positive. All right, I want to do something that Chad does on his show. I want to try to pick some of the uh, games uh, in the world of the NFL, there's only two, so it feels like it's an easy week for me to try to do this. Uh, you got the Bengals, you got the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are giving up a point and a half. I think I'm going to pick it against the spread, too, man. I think I'm going to go that road. I do like the Bengals, uh, and I do like taking the extra point and a half in that game. Uh, they're on a very long winning streak. Mahomes looked bad uh, last weekend. Mahomes also definitely, uh, I think, will be nursing a high ankle sprain injury, so I think there's going to be some mobility issues there. Uh, he does pass well in the pocket, though. Here's how deep I'm going. Uh, they're saying a lot of the stats on this is that uh, last time he faced the Bengals, it's something that he did quite well. Uh, his QBR rating from throws with inside the pocket. And if you're hurt, you're not going to go outside of the pocket all that much. So maybe that actually helps him in retrospect that he's hobbled. I'm not sure. And how big of a, a deal that injury will be, I guess, will make my decision once I turn the game on as to whether or not I feel like I'm going to be right. Uh, the second one is the Niners and the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are actually giving up two and a half points in this game. And again, I think I'm going to go with the Niners and take the points. So I'm going two for two uh, with give me those sweet, sweet additional points. Um, and if I'm predicting who wins the game, I guess I'm also going to say Bengals and Niners. Uh, Purdy is six and one against the spread. Uh, so that feels pretty good. Uh, but just beyond that, I do think that um, maybe it's the New York Giant fan of me coming out. Uh, that The Eagles have played so well for so long. Uh, they're ready for a little bit of a hiccup game. And at the same time, I think the Niners, uh, and actually it's just really interesting to see uh, two very, very good defensive teams uh, playing against two teams that have very, very good offensive weapons that sort of clash with what the other team is good at defensively. Uh, you got a great uh, run defense and a great running back versus a great pass defense and a great quarterback. Uh, I think that in this, in this case, you're going to see the running back win out, not the quarterback. But yes, 49ers over the Eagles. And then I'm taking, again, the Bengals over the uh, Chiefs. And I want those points if I'm allowed to have those points. I don't know how Chad makes these calls. I think that he doesn't even give himself the points. I'm selfish. I want them. 
Uh, and I'm sure no one will even remember that I made these uh, picks at all. Uh, one other quick thing before I take a break and get uh, get out of here for a segment. I saw this that, um, or get out of here for a break. I'm not going anywhere. Um, one person went viral on social media. Her name is Faith. She said that she always flies Spirit Airlines because it's the cheapest airline to fly. And she's not at all upset about making that decision because she's got a second hack. Her second hack is that she never pays those baggage fees, those check luggage fees that everybody who flies Spirit has to pay because, well, a lot of people have a fairly negative experience uh, with that airline myself, maybe included. I don't want anyone to make me confirm or deny that. But yes, uh, there might have been a time that I had a negative experience uh, with said airline. Uh, she mails the stuff to herself before she flies. So she goes to the post office. She puts all the things she needs for whatever trip she's taken into a box. She sends it to whatever location she's expected to arrive at. And then before she leaves her vacation, her visiting family, whatever she's doing, she makes a quick second trip back to the post office, puts all her things back in another box and mails it to herself. She said she saves at least 100 bucks uh, doing it this way. The cost of shipping those boxes is only about 30 bucks, and the cost of the, the check luggage would be $158. Uh, so she's doing great. I love the effort that it takes to do this. I would never in my life do this. And I would make fun of someone else in my life who did do this, especially if at the end of the vacation, we had to make sure to hit the uh, post office so they could have all their stuff return home with them. I would find that amusing. At the same time, I would also tip my hat in respect. Uh, I love it. I love that she went viral. Uh, 2.6 million people viewed it. I don't know how many people are actually going to do it, but that part doesn't matter because uh, she's thrifty and I find that wildly entertaining. A quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show, but Chad's the hardest working guy in radio. Even when he takes a day off, he doesn't totally. Uh, here he is with a message about uh, Swish uh, America. If you worry about inflation, don't, because you got opportunities to do something about it. That is gold and silver. Who knows where inflation is going to go this year, but when inflation gets wacky, guess what happens? Huge spikes in things like gold and silver, precious metals. So protect yourself with the best around. I'm talking about Swiss America. Right now, go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad or call 800-289-2646 because you're going to have a chance to take advantage of, are you ready for this? The Silver Walking Liberty Half Dollars at Swiss America for only $12.50 each. Call right now, 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. Take advantage of this. Limit 250 per Per customer. Call or text now, 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646, or visit SwissAmerica.com slash chat. Take advantage of the amazing Silver Walking Liberty Half Dollars for a low, low price of $12.50 delivered right to your door. Call now, Swiss America, 800-289-2646, or SwissAmerica.com slash chat. States? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff, as always, to talk about. Uh, I want to play this audio first, though. I was just baking my uh, football picks a second ago. Uh, I picked the Niners uh, as well um, as I picked the ba the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know why I couldn't remember my picks for a second, but I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, well, funny might not be the right word. Certainly not for the defensive back who had his car stolen. Uh, but the Eagles had a big win over the Giants. They destroyed them uh, in that game. Uh, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson walks out of Lincoln Financial Field, and he's looking for his car. He's hitting the, probably the little fob, like waiting for the beep-beep, and he's got no car at all. It was completely stolen, uh, just laced with profanity. Uh, the video and audio that went viral after he figured that out. 
Uh, nothing like being a, a player who plays his games in Philly, right? Like nothing like uh, calling Philly home. Uh, here's a little bit of that audio. Who took my car? Wow. Wow. That's how y'all getting down in Philly <laughs> after a win? <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with that, man. I wonder if the fan, if it is a fan, uh, felt bad about it when it all went down. It's like, no, man, they won that game. I should give this car back. But yes, uh, you go, you play uh, a professional football game, you walk back out to get in your vehicle, and it's gone. Uh, this is Philadelphia. Another one that I thought was interesting out there in the world as far as audio goes, people are remixing the Burger King uh, new Whopper jingle. Uh, they're creating all different uh, variants of it, uh, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, but here is the the original jingle, uh, if you haven't heard it before. It's actually a remake of a jingle, I think, from the 70s. And I just think it's also very lazy writing, I guess, originally in the 70s and now. Uh, but it's gone viral because, again, people want to turn it into a whole bunch of other things, like a sad version of it, etc. Whopper, 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 junior, double, triple, whopper, impossible, or bacon, whopper, I rule this day. Uh, you rule is how that ends, by the way, which uh, a few of my um, friends that I've talked to say they really like as far as the end part there. But yes, uh, the the Whopper Whopper thing, which I guess, again, uh, is viral initially or a remake of one that existed in the 70s. I apologize for my millennialness here. It's just really bad writing. That's lazy writing. If you're going to make a, a jingle, uh, make a new one, uh, try a little bit harder than Whopper 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 Whopper. In my own opinion, that's just me. Uh, this story entertained me a lot. Hopefully you like it more and forget that I don't know stuff about the world of Burger King jingles. Uh, the Associated Press caused a stir yesterday when they tried to exclude a word or discourage use of a word from their style book. The word is the. Out of all the words you've ever seen try to get removed, people are like, no, nah, you can't say America. That's bad somehow. Uh, can't say or shouldn't use the word the is amazing. It's, it's fully broken, whatever version of mental illness some people have in our society. Uh, the reason for it, by the way, is they said it's dehumanizing. Uh, the label is used on things like the French, uh, which means that somehow we're taking away the humanity of the French if we talk about them like that. A whole bunch of social media accounts uh, responded to this, including The Simpsons, I think, were brought up quite often. The Ohio State University was one that was mentioned a lot. I mean... I do wonder, and I think I've talked about this before, uh, probably on this show, how people go into a room, close the doors, whether they have the best intentions or not, I guess doesn't matter at this point, but come out and say as a group, as a collective, if that's how they brainstorm this thing, that the word the needs to be used less. I can't even say the sentence without using the word in order to say it. The word the, I have to use it to, to tell you what you can't do anymore it's incredible. So I don't know if you just get like that cone of of confusion or wokeness or whatever it might be. If you're stuck in that room with other people saying things and you can walk out of it before like the the light hits you and you realize how crazy you just were and how crazy everyone just was when you agreed that we need to put in the new style book. We can't use the word the anymore. It's or they just want to be made fun of. Uh, maybe that's the other thing. Maybe there's a desire uh, to somehow be a parody version of life. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's the thing that was recommended. I say don't follow it. A lot of people say don't follow it. I don't even know how you could. Uh, this I like too, uh, just a quicker thing. Chicken by the Sea, uh, or Chicken of the Sea, excuse me, uh, the tuna company, is going to try to get someone to find a mermaid. And if anyone can find one, 
They're going to give them a million dollars. Chicken of the Sea is offering a $1 million reward for anyone that finds a real, actual mermaid, uh, which will not happen. They do not exist. But I love the fact that it's out there. It's an offer. It's actually a pretty smart uh, marketing tool from that standpoint because I'm talking about them, and they did something that they're never going to have to pay off. I feel bad for the people that dive hard into this. I like the guy that goes home and tells the missus, you won't believe it. We finally got our ticket. We got our chance at a million dollars. I know there's mermaids. I'm going to go get one. And Chicken of the Sea is paying me. By the way, they actually have an additional stipulation. It's not just that you got to find the mermaid. You also have to book it for an interview with a mermaid expert from Chicken of the Sea. So then you have to produce a segment for somebody, uh, as well as locating a mythical creature that doesn't exist. I love it. Uh, for avoidance of doubt, um, for um, just to, to fully stipulate the rules, I should say they put out there things that do not qualify as a mermaid, and they list all the different actual fish that you can find that maybe you show up at Chicken of the Sea and you're like, is this a mermaid? Uh, don't do that. Uh, manatees, lobsters, dolphins, jellyfish, none of those count. Uh, the list is extensive. Uh, it is funny, actually, uh, that I just talked about the value of this marketing campaign, that somebody in some boardroom pitched it like, look, we'll offer a million dollar reward. It's tied to our brand and we never have to pay it off because it's a thing that doesn't exist. And then somehow the lawyers have to get involved. They're like, wait, 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 though. We got to make sure to protect ourselves. Let's make this list of things that aren't a mermaid really, really long. And let's not use the word the if it's at all possible. I read something in an AP guide. Quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. So you probably heard this story, although maybe you didn't uh, because it's not popping up on a lot of mainstream media places. Uh, This is a Pfizer research director. Uh, This audio came from Project Veritas telling us the stuff that would make a lot of people very worried about the decision-making at Pfizer as far as studying, changing, mutating uh, COVID to get ahead of any other mutations and create other vaccines. Uh, Now, there's a lot to this story. There's a lot of pieces to digest. And I guess the caveat needs to be thrown out there that at times other people have made the same claim that this uh, researcher, this research director at Pfizer is going to make. They were just lying. They got caught on some kind of camera, making up a thing, and then that thing went viral, and it's not a thing that's actually happening, and we're trusting it way too much, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, so much so that I have a follow-up video uh, where the same individual gets confronted after the first video went viral and seems almost proud of the defense that I was lying, I was making stuff up, I was on a date, and I wasn't telling the truth. Uh, Those are the things he says in the second one. Uh, But it is still valuable that someone can get a person as as significant at a company like this on the record saying some things that a lot of people would care about. I wonder if the reason it's not more places is just the skepticism as to whether or not it's actually true. Uh, but again, there, there's no fake in this. This isn't words you put in somebody's mouth. 
uh, a person who's actually a research director at Pfizer uh, said the following. I have the example of the first piece of audio that went viral for context. Uh, this is just some of a very long video uh, where he's reinforcing again and again that um, Pfizer is either thinking about or currently manipulating COVID in its own ways scientifically for the sake of creating viruses. But a lot of people would think that's pretty close to gain of function or other research that we'd be afraid of. Don't tell anyone this story. You got to publish your own title. You got to publish your own title. Okay? <laughs> yeah. First story, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, we can create undefeatedly developed new vaccines? Why not? Right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutated. Right. Like very controlled. It's amazing how cavalier this guy is saying some of the stuff he's saying. He's like, there's a risk and we got to make sure nobody knows about it and you can't tell anybody. I wish he had the voice I was just pretending he had too, by the way. Uh, a very, very deep uh, accented voice to me would be way more fun. Uh, but no, he's he's saying those things. Eventually, he even says this. Sure, for all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. It's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. <laughs> Weird laugh that guy's got. It's, it's bad for everybody else in America. That's horrifying. That's terrifying in a variety of ways. That went viral all over Twitter yesterday, even if it didn't pop up on all of the different news channels for whatever reason, conspiracy theory or not. And then there's this follow-up one uh, where I think another person from Project Veritas winds up seeing the guy out at some sort of cafe and sits down, tries to talk to him a little bit. The dude immediately erupts, asks if it's real life. If you can't tell in that audio that I'm about to play, that's one of the things he says. He calls the police. I think he calls 911, asks for the police to come. I think he even attacked the guy eventually. It's all over the place as far as the response goes. And then the defense of it all, and as I said, sort of the the version of, I'm saying this thing to explain what I said before. How dare you not understand that what I'm telling you now is the truth. Is this seat taken? You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses. Is this real life? I'm literally a liar. <laughs> I was trying to impress a person on a date What's your by position? lying. At this is please, absurd. Please don't what? Well, this is not. By the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. Someone who was just working in a company to literally help the public. You f You really did. Uh, by the way, I love that second to last sentence before the the curse word and the start to uh, try to attack a guy, and then he calls nine one one, and then eventually I think he does attack the guy. Uh, but there's a moment in there he's like, we're just a company trying to help the public. All of my statements that I made to that date I was on where I was lying to impress that person when I said all the opposite stuff about how we're doing stuff that benefits our company and is terrible for the public. That's not the kind of company we are. Now, granted, I don't know and I can't tell you definitively what part of this narrative is true and what part of this narrative is false. Uh, that's part of the society we live in today. Videos go viral all the time. And yeah, people can lie. Uh, people make up stuff all the time. And then also sometimes videos don't have all the context you need them to have. Uh, but as far as the typical standard that we use for a lot of the crazy reactions or not even all that crazy, just just normal reactions sometimes uh, we have to things in our society, having video of something is a pretty significant step, a pretty good significant part of that threshold to have other conversations and somehow this video is going to be ignored a lot of places, even though it absolutely exists. It's it's the person involved is not denying they work at Pfizer, not denying that they're a director of research there, uh, nothing. Uh, just denying that anything they said was true because they what they were doing is trying to pick up a date 
by scaring the crap out of whatever person they were talking to. That's unique in a, in a lot of ways, uh, to be honest. Uh, and honestly, something where beyond any of the debate as to whether or not Pfizer is or isn't doing certain things, uh, there's a whole lot of debate as, as to whether or not someone should ever say stuff like, like that uh, in any sort of dating context whatsoever. I imagine most people would say no, which makes the uh, excuse itself so, so very confusing. All right, anyway, let's move on. I thought this was interesting. A uh, correspondent on Meet the Press was talking about how obvious coordinating the version of telling the public that classified documents had been found at the current president's home, the current president's office, uh, documents from when he was a vice president or even a senator. All of that was coordinated to not impact the midterm elections, to not impact all kinds of things, even potentially, and I think this is what they were saying just before this question was asked, potentially even impact a, a, an announcement that he was running for re-election our president. Uh, this stuff should matter. People should care about the way that that narrative gets manipulated, that those stories uh, get hidden to not impact certain things, that the Hunter Biden laptop story that gets mentioned all the time by your conservative friends uh, got buried as much as it did. Uh, so many of these things matter, and yet they're not talked about enough. But here we go. I mean, when you look at what advisors were saying last summer, mm -hmm. you know, there was this idea that he was going to follow the Obama timetable, April, you know, for an mm -hmm. announcement. I was being told, actually, it's going to be a little sooner bit sooner than, than that, yeah. sooner than you think. And so everything that they had been doing over the course of this month so far speaks to a clear choreography leading up to, let's say it was just, just after the State of the Union mm -hmm. uh, for their announcement. Now it's clear that that's not the case. But it was, you know, checking every demographic sort of issue box you can mm -hmm. think of leading up to the State of the Union when they've said he, he, they want him to be a president. Not Distracting everyone is what they're saying there. Let's check every box we can, all the things that will uh, cause an uproar of conversation and then squeak something past the goalie on the other side. I love that I just used that phrase for that, that no one really pays attention to or notice. They also probably wanted to delay as long as possible letting the public know about the classified documents that Biden let wander off while he was in offices because it hurts any sort of attempt to go after former President Trump for the same thing. And it does make me wonder, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I don't know if you care that I've said it before, you've probably heard it before, it's probably why I'm saying it. Um, I think that this is way more common than they're telling us it is, and a lot of people think it's way more common uh, than they're telling us it is for someone in those highest levels of government, president, vice president, whatnot, to get classified documents and, quote, misplace them, whether on purpose or by accident. And I think it's interesting that that was actually one of Trump's defenses right after they found ones at Mar-a-Lago and the Internet and the news media went insane talking about how crazy it is, how awful it is, how how this is a crime that needs to be, you know, the full extent of the law needs to be thrown at the former president. I wonder if there's a lot of truth to when he said that a lot of presidents have just boxes and boxes of that. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true, but I wonder as these sort of things slowly come forward, as Pence comes forward as quickly as he did, uh, shattering another part of the narrative, uh, if this is something that eventually down the road, uh, handling the narrative as best they do, having that clear choreography, as mentioned there a second ago, uh, winds up telling us maybe after the presidential election, oh yeah, we found a whole bunch more stuff. Oh yeah, there's this, there's that. I wonder if you guys care. Uh, we also need to totally change the way in which these people look at these classified documents. If they're truly classified, you can't let them just wander off with them however they feel. You got to do something else. Other politicians look at these in a skiff. I think we just put a lot more skiffs around those that we think um, need to have access to them for longer so that they can at least do it in those, those scenarios. It's just sort of uh, crazy, uh, to say the very least. I know the president can declassify stuff, 
So maybe we just have to declassify everything the president touches and then reclassify it later. It'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, this is just a weird story that always gets weirder. And I like the fact that I made the press. They at least acknowledge the fact that it definitely seemed to be a coordinated, controlled uh, version of telling us this story in the first place. Uh, something that obviously should matter more, just like the Pfizer story. For some reason, I don't know. It doesn't. All right, I'll take a break. We're talking about other things, not politics next. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, but even when Chad's off, he's the hardest working guy in all of radio. He has a message uh, for you, a special message coming up right now. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens right now. Get a free bag of Rough Greens. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and make a 369. It works. If you worry about your dog as they get older, maybe they're younger, you want to get them a head start. This supplement that goes on top of your dog's food has been an absolute game changer for my older dog. And it's given my my newish dogs, if you will, they're a couple years old, just a great start to life. They don't have allergy problems. They don't have skin problems. They have zero problems when it comes to digestive tract and their aches and pains, especially for my older one, virtually gone. It's incredible. If you love your animals like I love my animals. Why don't you do this? Try it for free. Dr. Dennis Black is going to send you a bag for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. It is that simple. You won't regret it. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Get a free bag of Rough Greens right now. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! It's Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, just a quick roundup of random stories I found all over the internet. Why don't we do that? First and foremost, uh, something that's inter- entertained the internet for a couple days. Elon Musk changed his name on Twitter. You know, that social media company that he bought. He changed it to Mr. Tweet. Uh, and he can't change it back. He actually made a joke about it on social media that Twitter won't let him. I wonder what that conversation was like between him and his employees. Uh, but yes, his account says Mr. Tweet as of right now, and he can't change it back to Elon Musk. Uh, I find that wildly amusing, as does he, apparently. Uh, because see, look, uh, Twitter is applying all of their rules to everybody. I actually saw that the president got fact-checked the other day, and I smiled very, uh, very wide in seeing that that happened and wondering if the president wound up taking that tweet down. I didn't even check. Uh, but I wonder. Uh, all right. This story, I thought it was interesting. A Florida mom is suing a school because she says she's being unfairly not being given the opportunity to volunteer for stuff. She's 31 years old. Her name is Victoria. Uh, she says she wants to be a part of all the committees, man. She wants to be on all the things. She wants to go uh, to the bake sales. And they're saying no. Uh, the reason they're saying no, apparently, in Orange County public schools, according to her, I don't think they've admitted anything yet, is that she also has one of those adult fan websites that's how she makes her living uh, she actually said the reason she does that is because she doesn't want a typical nine to five job so that she can raise her two children her two boys uh, she wants to be around them as much as possible and so that's why her career is what it is look i i'll be honest it doesn't matter uh, what you do for a living as long as it's not a crime and this is not a crime i don't think you can ban the person from being a part of their child's life uh, through the schools, volunteering for things. And I definitely know that a large amount of the single dads who are a part of that school system as well would also immediately volunteer for stuff. You'd just be overwhelmed with the amount of volunteers on certain things. So I'm sure not everyone agrees that she shouldn't be allowed to show up to stuff. Um, and I think it's going to be an interesting lawsuit, however it plays out. 
uh, and that people are saying that this was to protect the kids from a person who's going to be a regularly clothed human being person uh, when they're out at certain things. Uh, I just think it's interesting. And certainly she's probably getting a lot of publicity uh, for that other thing that she does. There's probably people that will wind up being her fans because of this whole story. All right, I'm moving on. Uh, I saw this. I kind of like this. And I don't really know in the research how many people they asked if you fully speak the language uh, that they were asking about. But they said uh, a new uh, survey found the top languages we use in tattoos. The number one language to be tattooed on your person, whether you speak it or not, Japanese. Number two, Chinese. Number three, Arabic. English was all the way down at number 10, uh, beaten by Korean, Greek, French, Spanish, Italian, uh, all this stuff. Uh, but the thing to me, again, that I, I have to say as many times as I possibly can, is that you know people in your own life who have a tattoo in a language that someone at some tattoo shop told them says a thing that it definitely doesn't say. You have to 100% be sure whatever you're putting on your body uh, for a while or without having it removed for a very uh, large amount of money uh, does actually, in fact, say the things you want. That's why I never put anything on my body other than in English. I don't trust people. Even if I look it up for myself, even if I show it to them, uh, somehow, some way, something's going to go rogue. Uh, this is a question that's viral on social media, and I just wanted to put it out there. Uh, maybe go to Chad's social media pages and answer it. I used to say to do that a lot when I would fill in for him, and he would have no idea what the heck we're talking about. But I do really like this question. I think it went viral on Reddit. Uh, what would you rather prefer if you found a thousand roaches in your attic or a person? <laughs> Which one would be better for you? A thousand, like full infestation going on upstairs in the world of roaches or a dude, just a guy who's been up there for a random amount of time, don't really know what's going on. People are saying this question is much harder to answer than you think it is because, you know, I don't know. There might be some things you got to clean up from the, the guy if he's been living up there for a while. Uh, but the roach infestation is uniquely tough to fight sometimes. Uh, they're, they're crafty. Uh, I think my answer is probably still bugs, not men or man. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, it seems to be hard for other people on the Internet. So I figured I'd ask you here in a place where you can't answer me directly. Uh, which would you rather find? Some random dude or a thousand cockroaches upstairs in your attic as a surprise? Um, yeah. Uh, answer the question accordingly, please. I'd love for Chad to be like, what did Craig say on my show and why? Uh, I, I like this story, actually, too. A Colorado bear at some sort of like open space mountain park thing has been taking a tremendous amount of selfies uh, because they put little cameras throughout the area. And this inquisitive bear keeps finding all the spots where the cameras are. He's taken 400 selfies in a relatively short amount of time. I think there are about 580 total snaps uh, that have happened since they installed the cameras. So yes, about two thirds of all the photos are this one bear just messing with stuff. I love that animals do the thing we see also in everyday life for people. This animal is just a selfie animal. It's just like any friend you have uh, that needs to take a photograph of anything, and it just keeps wandering around taking more and more photos of itself. I think that's great. I'm annoyed by the selfie taker in my everyday life now, the social media influencer who's obsessed with putting everything else on the Internet. I'm not as annoyed by a bear that's doing it at a park in Colorado for whatever reason. That was an odd, specific thing I just said. All right, quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. 
independent thought, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back on Monday. Uh, A quick roundup of some newsy things that are out there in the world. That's what I'm going to call this segment. Uh, First, we are giving new tanks, brand new Abrams tanks to Ukraine in the fight against Russia. Uh, These are things that we actually have to purchase and uh, create in some ways. So it's going to take some time. There's going to be a delay there. So that's interesting uh, that brand new tanks will be sent to Ukraine. Uh, Not the only country providing them weapons like that. Germany, one of several in the UK or in uh, Europe that's doing it. Uh, There also was the EU warning that Russia is at war with the West uh, that came out. I think that was at some point yesterday, last evening. Uh, Now the World Health Organization has also updated its list of a stockpile of uh, radiological and nuclear emergency medicines. So these are things that countries that are worried about having having any sort of illnesses, radioactive issues from nuclear things. I'm saying this way. I'm saying it because they weren't actually specific. They didn't say that these are treatments for nuclear war itself, but I think they called them nuclear emergencies. Uh, you, these are medicines that you need. Uh, that's a lot of different things. Terrifying is maybe uh, one of those things, but certainly uh, a moment in time that maybe people will remember, maybe not. Hopefully nothing uh, escalates at all in any way, shape, or form to make us uh, have needed that update from the uh, World Health Organization. Um, I will also just, again, bouncing around a bunch of different topics here. Don't want to dwell on that one for very long. Uh, the ACLU backed Trump's reinstatement on Facebook and Instagram, anything that Meta, the company that owns those, owns. And people got mad. Social media was kind of not sure how they should feel about the ACLU being behind the idea of not censoring the current uh, a current candidate for president and the former president from being on those social media sites. I'll just say this as sort of a simple reaction and something I, I've had to this story uh, a few different times now. How could you not put that person back on any of those platforms if he's actually, and he certainly is, he's announced it, it's a thing, it's happening, running for the office of president of the country and then claim that you don't have a, a political stance on anything. No social media organization, no organization could do that where they restrict access to something that they provide access to for everybody else, especially everyone running on the other side of the aisle. Uh, you are absolutely putting your toe in the water, if not way more than that, uh, jamming your foot into the uh, the pond um, and saying that we do not endorse, we are not for this political candidate, no matter what they've said. I mean, I feel like those are two worlds And you hear that sometimes when people talk about how rhetoric today, political rhetoric specifically, is causing us as a society to be further and further apart. I wonder if the world of comedy and the world of politics deserve to never be censored, no matter what they say, and that we have to be intelligent humans, which we're all capable of being, to understand that one is comedy and one is probably at times lies from a whole lot of people who do it, which may in fact actually also be comedy, especially when the president, the former president, is one of those guys out there in the world saying stuff. Uh, It is funny, even when he doesn't intend it to be. Uh, But I just think that's so interesting that the ACLU could be behind the idea that, yes, uh, giving a platform to someone running for an office like that makes sense, and that Internet people are like, no, we don't think so. We don't like this. Uh, We're very much not a fan. We need this to go away. Why do we need, I'll just say this, and then I'll move on completely, Why do we need to censor thought in order to convince people of positions that other people have? Uh, We shouldn't need to do that. If the position's the correct one to have, 
Anyone else can throw competing ideas at you, and you should be capable of, of dodging them. So those who think that Trump is too dangerous to our society uh, seem to think very little of our society as a whole. I don't think that, even if some people out there are going to say, ah, this guy's wrong. Um, a couple other things that I think are interesting. These are not necessarily political things, but I do like them. Uh, first, there's the story about this tech tycoon who's trying to keep his body as young as humanly possible. He wants to be 18 years old, even though he's actually, I think, 45 years old or uh, maybe even 47 years old. And the way in which he wants to go about doing that is a ridiculous amount of money, $2 million, I think, a year, a ridiculous amount of doctors, 40, and then a crazy set of different other things that will likely, in his mind or the mind of his team of doctors that definitely want that $2 million, uh, will, will de-age him. Uh, for lack of saying it, a better way. He's hoping to eventually sell this plan to other people, which I think is hilarious. Um, he follows a very strict diet, three meals a day, eats them at very specific times. Uh, he cut out a whole bunch of things from his diet, takes a bunch of supplements, all that kind of stuff. He's also being monitored by a ridiculous amount of medical technology, uh, including even when he goes to sleep. Uh, when he sleeps, they monitor his heart uh, rate. They monitor all kinds of stuff. They monitor some things I don't want to tell you they're monitoring to tell how old he is or how young he is. Uh, they're, they're taking certain readings that I would not sign up to have taken of me or many people would. But all of this, as I said, is because he really wants to, to one, uh, biohack him, himself, but two, show a lot of other people how we can stay young for a very long time. And apparently it's somewhat working. Uh, his lungs, according to his doctors, are the uh, quality of a person typically 28 years old. His uh, heart is typically someone, uh, oh, excuse me, his lungs are 18. His heart is someone who's 37. And actually his skin is someone of a 28-year-old. Uh, these are all just parts of the process, man. You just got to figure it out. Uh, eventually you'll get there or, well, you won't. And you'll really dislike the fact that you spent so many years of your life doing a crazy amount of things. Uh, but they've already said that he's taken five years off of his life from a health standpoint. Uh, he's, he's um, you know, biologically someone that actually matches a 42-year-old, not a 47-year-old, and uh, he's trying way too hard. That's the other thing I would definitely say about this. Um, yeah, all kinds of workouts, all kinds of other stuff involved, measuring 70 different organs a day uh, and trying to reverse uh, age himself. <laughs> I wonder how you react when someone first throws that out there. You know, I find it hilarious uh, but I wonder if somebody's like, what now? Like, no, nah, man, I'm just it's fine. Uh, I built my fortune and you can spend it on whatever you want. I'm not going to judge you for that. And he's like, I'm just going to slowly figure out how to have every part of my body be way younger uh, or, I don't know, give up trying. I saw this story, too. I found this very funny. This is out of the UK. Uh, a guy named Luke hired a bunch of movers to get him into a new home. Uh, the movers, the delivery men, only had one item left to put into his house. I don't think Luke was around when they were putting this item into his house. It was a sofa. Uh, the photo went viral. I'll try to put it up on social media, uh, facebook.com slash Craig Collins show or Chad Benson show. You can find some of that stuff. Um, but the photo went viral because they got the sofa stuck in a staircase and then just left, <laughs> which I find to be the most amusing part of this. Because I don't know if you've had the experience I definitely had where movers do stuff that you wouldn't normally do. It's sort of like when you get in a taxi somewhere, especially in a big city, and the driver does stuff that you wouldn't normally do, and you just think to yourself, well, it's his profession. He's quite good at this. I'm sure we'll be okay. Uh, when movers like, you know, shift things in a certain way, they play a version of Tetris that, again, I would be very uncomfortable with trying. Uh, these are the few and far between, I guess, where they fail. 
But the sofa was fully stuck. A lot of things were trashed, ruined, destroyed, uh, according to the person. Uh, and he doesn't know exactly what he'll be able to do other than get the money back uh, from the movers. Um, but the fact that the pictures all went viral, a bunch of people, I think, quoting uh, friends and whatnot, too, uh, certainly amused me. Uh, because I guess the lesson there, if anything, is do not trust the movers just because they say they can do a thing. Don't assume 100% accurate that they can actually uh, definitely do that. All right, one other story that I, I thought was interesting, uh, and then we'll take a break again. It's a Friday. I want to talk about some sillier, some lighter things if we can. Uh, I saw this uh, study, and I think I might have mentioned it just quickly earlier, about how junk food can actually reverse um, a lot of the things in your brain. It can change a lot of it can hardwire or hijack uh, your brain in a way that's pretty interesting. The more junk food, the more fast food and things uh, you consume, uh, the more likely it is that you will become addicted to that stuff and that your brain will just sort of reject anything that doesn't have the sweet, sweet deliciousness of the high fat, high calorie foods uh, that come to us through those different ways. I thought this was really interesting. They said even disrupting the signals uh, to the stomach and delaying how it empties might help them, and I think they were studying rats at Penn State College when they did this, might help them reverse some of that process. But even feeding a hungry rat food it needed after it got used to a terrible diet, but it was actually healthier food, uh, made them far less likely to be interested in said food. They'd just be waiting for chips, donuts, and all the other awesome stuff uh, that exists in this world. I do like a component of this story, though. Uh, for anyone, including me, uh, that's ever struggled to give anything up, I'm trying to give up soda. The missus asked me to, and I'm not doing a good job at it. You can now just put this little study somewhere in the house and be like, wow, uh, looks like it's way trickier than we thought it was. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be an excuse that works. It's just a thing uh, you can try. Honestly, a lot of my radio show is generating topics that I take home to the missus to try to win arguments uh, that don't always go very well. <laughs> that's actually probably a terrible reason to do a radio show. All right, quick break. A lot more. I'm sure Betty's going to yell at me today, actually, for what I just said here. A uh, quick break. A lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Raycon, best earbuds around you will love yours like I love mine. I am as active as I want to be, and I like to be active. I'm always moving. But I'm also doing a lot of different things when it comes to audio all the time. That's why I love having my Raycons. I can wear them all day. I don't have to worry about them falling out of my ears, becoming a nuisance, feeling like I got to push them in all the time. They're not a pain. They're incredible. Six soft gel tips. Choose the one that's right for you that fits your ears. Almost feels like it snaps in. There's no stems, no wires. And boy, are they comfortable. Great and easy way for you to be able to adjust the sounds. Meaning if you want to be aware of what's going around your surroundings, you can do that. Isolation mode. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life, and a price point that is incredible. If you love audio, sound like I do, you want Raycons. The everyday earbuds are the best around. I promise you that. If you don't like them, send them back. Money back guarantee for you. But Raycon's going to take care of you. The best earbuds around. Buyraycon.com slash Chad saves you 15 extra percent. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast or out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. 
This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, dating is hard in 2023. That's what this new study says. Uh, among things that make it challenging are the fact that one in six people do a full background check on someone that they've set up an online date with. Uh, a full paid-for background check. I don't even know how you acquire all the information to run that. Uh, do you need anything more important than just a person's name and location? I've never tried to do a background check on anyone because I'm, well, luckily a happily married man. Uh, but that's intense uh, to show up there and have them know any of the kinds of things that might pop up in one of those. Uh, beyond that, people do other stuff. Uh, it's over 60% of women that think it's socially acceptable to stalk your date online before you go out on a date with them. 49% of, of Americans say, yes, they definitely do it. Uh, but as I said, 65% of women are like, "That's you should do that. What are you talking about? Anything and everything you can gain online, which makes the first, you know what, actually, I think this is interesting. Um, your first date with whoever you go on a date with, if you heavily stalk them on social media, is probably going to be boring. And the reason it's going to be boring is you know too much stuff about them. So then you decide not to date someone because their date was boring because it's like watching spoilers before you see a movie. You knew everything already. And then you never date them again. That's probably why dating is broken. I just fixed it. You're all welcome. Uh, I will look for the check in the mail. 69% uh, of people say that they do use apps, but they don't like them. Uh, they'd like to do something else. I had a story a little bit earlier on in the show today uh, that women are now uh, rolling into Home Depot looking for a guy that is, quote, uh, marriage material uh, if they know how to navigate a, a store like that or Ace Hardware, Lowe's. I imagine all of them are in play at this point. I've loved that story every single time I've seen it um, because it's one of the first places I think the guys would not expect uh, a woman to walk up and ask them out on a date. So it's just, it's a double win. You go, you get a brand new tool for whatever project you're going to maybe do, probably not do, and then maybe you get to go out for the weekend. Uh, also, this story I like a lot. A guy in Florida won a $1 million lottery because he got skipped in line. He said a rude stranger cut in front of him at a Florida grocery store. Uh, they both bought tickets. Uh, his ticket wound up winning a million dollars. This story is great, and people seem to like it, and they're all saying that, uh, the individual, the 43-year-old guy who won is a patient man. Uh, his name's Steven, by the way. But if the opposite had happened, if he had lost and the guy in front of him won a million bucks, uh, this would be a very different thing. I don't know if it would be that many places. He won the 500 times the cash game, uh, which has a top prize of $25 million. So he didn't get the big giant top prize, but a million's going to do okay. Uh, the lump sum payment, by the way, is $828,000. Uh, because somebody was a jerk in front of him that could have also now been a millionaire. That's got to be a heck of a lesson, too, actually. If you know you're the guy who skipped that guy and you read that story, you're, you're probably reassessing everything and then continuing to live your life not caring about others. Uh, Julia Fox is the name of an actress. She's a bit of a social media influencer, too. Uh, she went viral uh, because she said she likes living in her, quote, tiny, mice-infested New York City apartment because she doesn't like big displays of wealth. She says it's good for her, even though at times she feels, quote, icky uh, that she lives in a place like that with uh, the regular amount of kind of things that, that people are not uh, a person like her can afford. I think this is a wrong move. I think that you don't have to live in a mice infested New York City apartment that is, quote unquote, tiny uh, with your family. Uh, she's 32 years old, by the way, uh, because you just want to make sure that you don't take your wealth. To That's why you get wealth. That's why you get money. That's why you work hard. That's why you try to be rich in this life so you can have nicer things. I like the fact that you try to uh, shield children from having too fancy of a life before they've earned any of that money themselves. But I think you can go a little bit fancier than that. Um, I do like this story. Another thing that was just making the rounds on social media. 
a woman that's been dubbed the most hated woman in the world. Her name is Carly Belushi. She is um, she first went viral, excuse me, in 2019. She's 41 years old. I guess when she first went viral, she was faking depression to get a nose job on the taxpayer's dollar. So people didn't like that move. Uh, now, apparently, she's going to be throwing a really fancy 18, 18th birthday for her daughter, Tanisha, uh, in order to throw this party correctly. Uh, she has decided to hire male strippers. Uh, her daughter is going to go see Magic Mike live. Uh, everybody thinks this is a mistake that you shouldn't make, uh, being a parent and hiring strippers for your child. That's a weird sentence to say. Even if she's turning 18, it's still a weird sentence to say. And I, I guess I can uh, take that conversation from a different approach. I don't think the daughter wants you to do that. I don't think that most kids want that kind of purchase made by their parents, no matter what the situation might be. So I do think it's interesting. I do think it's it's funny that it went viral and that the the total of the festivities she's planned for the 18 year, 18th birthday is pretty crazy. It's going to cost, I think, like $12,000 or something, she said, which, by the way, might be more than uh, what she got in taxpayer dollars uh, for the nose job. So maybe people will hate her for that reason, too. Um, but yeah, I, I would say again, and I don't need to say this uh, by actually talking to the, the person involved, the kid, uh, most children, almost all children do not want their ha- their parents hiring strippers for them in any scenario. That's got to be a pretty much no across the board kind of thing. Uh, one last very quick story, and then I'll get out of here. Uh, an attitude of gratitude. This is a really dumb title to the story. Can help relieve stress. A new study finds out of Ireland that just walking around either actually being grateful or trying to be grateful for cer- for certain things might give you a buffer effect, is what it says, from all the moments of stress you might feel in your life. Acute sci- psychological stress is what they call it here. So just find a way to be grateful for something. It might actually also help your, your actual health. Uh, it might help with cardiovascular disease and whatnot. Uh, there's a whole lot of benefits to de-stressing. So just think of something. Actually, they say even maybe carry something around with you that reminds you of something you're grateful for. So there you go. Uplifting note. Mom hires strippers for her daughter, but be grateful in life and you'll be happier. There we go. Craig Collins filling in. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.